Welcome to another episode of Talk Gopher Buckets. I'm with Buer. This is Ryan James of Gopher Illustrated. I, uh, I'm happy to be here with Luke on this interesting day. <laughs> Ryan, um, we we kind of are doing somewhat of an emergency podcast here. Um, so you're you're driving home from a basketball game now. Um, this 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 is kind of if people listen to this podcast for a long time, they know that we did, we recorded a lot of these podcasts through the years where you were driving. So once again, here we are. Uh, this time under really interesting circumstances. Um, it's it's very rare. Uh, it's not unheard of that a player asks out of their letter of intent. But this is where we sit right now with Dennis Evans. Yeah, it was it was an interesting day. Like I was. I was actually in the weight room on lunch break and somebody sent me a message that said Evans is leave is Evans won't be a gopher. And my first thought was, please be Zach Evans. Please be Zach Evans. Because, and I know that the gopher football fans don't want to lose Zach Evans. <laughs> but my first but I was like, that would be better than not having Dennis Evans right now. But sure enough. It was Dennis Evans, the Gopher seven foot ranked thirteenth player in the country, deciding he is going to get out of his letter of intent. Yeah, well, okay. So all in all, um, it, it's kind of hard to figure out like where to un- start unpacking this. I think you've done a good job on Gopher Illustrated, you know, with what you know. Uh, I know that uh, Marcus Fuller broke the story on the Star Tribune. Um, but in essence, let's let's go back actually to before Dennis Evans committed. Um, you know, the Gophers currently have Jaden Henley uh, on roster, and he's been starting a, a good number of games for them. Um, and he was the first guy they took from you know the same program. Um, you know, the, these guys played together. Did they play high school and AAU together? I, f- I forget if it was both. It or... was just AAU. Yeah. They did not play in the same high school game. They played on the uh, same AAU team with Kool-Aid. Yes, right. So, okay, so they play on they play on the same AAU team. Um, you know, in, in some ways, you can look at them almost as a package deal. I don't know if that's what the Gophers were going for initially when they started uh, recruiting Henley, and then they kind of got their foot in with Dennis Evans, and then he kind of blew up. But regardless, m- much many people kind of now associate them as a package deal. I don't know how you want to define that, Ryan. Um, but but in but in the end, um, you know, you know things have have obviously turned and i i don't know how we want to unpack this whole process but yeah in the end what we have now is Jaden henley is here and dennis evans was gonna be here and now he's not yeah i mean the end result like you know what let's just lay it out there and be truthful yeah dennis evans has a great relationship with ben johnson dennis evans had a great relationship with marcus jenkins i'm sure they still do have a great relationship but like when like for example when they were here on their visit like there was a delay because they had to have a, they had to have meetings about NIL like NIL was a very important thing and it wasn't Dennis as much as it was his AU AU coach and somebody else within the family very concerned about NIL and TCU was offering big number NIL. Whereas Minnesota, you know, let's face it, don't we, I mean, you know more than anybody else. Yeah. 
Minnesota does not have all that much to offer in a NIL. So, but that didn't bother Dennis before. But as we kept going, it, we knew that we knew that the uh, Dennis, the people in Dennis Evans's corner, they wanted the NIL was important to them, and we knew that they weren't the biggest fans of Dennis going to Minnesota. But they supported Dennis going to Minnesota because that's what he wanted. Well, as the season goes on, obviously they're familiar with the NIL part. But guess what? The Gophers, not doing so hot, obviously. Anybody that's listening to this podcast is very well aware the Gophers are not doing so great. So in addition to that, obviously his teammate Jaden Henley, you know, Jaden is starting a lot, playing a lot. Um, I don't know if Jaden's experience is a 10 out of 10, a 1 out of 10. Five out of ten. I got no idea. I know this though. He's playing more than I would play him each game, most likely. He makes a lot of mistakes, but at the same time, he is playing through the mistakes and he has potential. Yeah. Well, I mean, I but I don't know that what he's doing is fitting in the eyes of the people that were back home. So between the Gophers losing, what I just said, and NIL, it I th- it kind of carried and continued to carry and continued to carry. And it sounds like it was mid to late January where Dennis finally made the decision, okay, I'm going to open up. Now, it was thought that the decision was going to be announced at the end of uh, at the end of the season. I think what happened was some national and a national analyst got word of what was happening and was going to just report it himself. So they, then they went out and told some of the people that were familiar, and then it got announced today. So that's what happened. That's the situation. In my opinion, this looks way worse in terms of optics than it does on the court. Yeah. Don't take, don't take that wrong because Dennis Evans next year would have supplied this team with a Joel Prisbilla level of defensive presence around the basket. Just that's, that would have been there and they would have had five fouls of Dennis Evans and five fouls of Pharrell Payne. And that it would have been huge. That said, this team's need is a point guard. They still have front court players that are going to be very good. Dawson Garcia and Pharrell Payne, going to be a hell of a combination up front, you know, next year. They will survive the play of it. It's the optics of it that suck. That yeah. do not look so good. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on the optics side of things. Um, you, you know that part definitely doesn't look good. And I, you know, the thing that boggles my mind, and you and I have talked about this offline. You know, not that we recorded, is how little is made about how poor the Gopher guards have played. I, I get statistically, one can make the argument that Talon Cooper has looked good because. You know, he frankly has a he's had a decent three point shooting percentage that's plummeted. He was really good. Now he's got a decent assist to turnover ratio. He rebounds the ball okay. Defensively, he is a he's a flat out liability. Um, defensively is where they have most of their most of their issues when it comes to guard play, in my opinion. Um, and Jaden Henley is square in the middle of that as well you know this is a guy that's sixth in minutes on the team um and he is 
he is as suspect defensively. He's gotten better, don't get me wrong, and you can see the potential, um, but he's as suspect as, as Talon Cooper is defensively. Um, and, and frankly, Ryan, it, I, I'm when, we, when I watch these games, I just can't believe that commentators are not talking about how the Gophers guards are really what, you know, are holding them back. Uh, and, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, the rest of the team is immune from issues. You know, for Payne has trouble turning the ball over. You know, they, they struggle shooting from the outside. Um, Braden Carrington does some really good things and then has some really tough shots that, you know, just look bad. Um, Jamison battles completely up and down. Dawson Garcia is about the only thing that's been consistent. Joshua Joseph has been um, much a surprise, but turns the ball over way too much. And then a lot of these are youth things, right? But in the end, to me, we've talked about it for the whole year. It's been it's been the guard play that's really been their issue. And ultimately, Dennis Evans is not a guard. And yes, he was going to give them some presence in the post, largely probably defensively. Offensively, frankly, I don't think he was going to be better than Pharrell Payne. Now, I could be completely wrong at that, but I do think Pharrell Payne was going to be the better offensive player. He was just going to be a really good rim protector and grow into grow into something offensively. Um, in the end, Ryan, it, the, the issue with this team is guards and Dennis Evans just wasn't going to be that. So, on the court, I agree with you. This probably wasn't going to move the needle drastically. They have to fill that void at guard, more specifically point guard. 100%. And, like, I, the, when this happened, the, the, uh, the Gopher fans understandably lost their minds. Um, you know, it's, there was extreme statements. There was fire Ben Johnson. There was Ben Johnson experiment has to be over, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and the fans are frustrated as, and as, as they should be where your frustration should lie truly is if this team doesn't get the transfer point guard this spring that's needed because that's the most important yeah. thing that's needed. Dennis as a basketball player, like the optics, the national ranking, the, the visual of a five-star player. That was huge. Yes, Having for taken sure. away sucks. And dude, and, I'm not, and let's not let's not kid ourselves. Dennis Evans is a game changer defensively. Yes, that's a loss. That is without a doubt a loss. Mm-hmm. At the same time, at the same you know, at the same time, it's if you if you look at some of the stuff out west, Dennis Evans catches some flat because they're like. This guy's highly rated. He's only averaging this. And, oh, right. And, and yeah, and he gets a lot of that. This guy's highly rated. He can't even take his team to this. Blah, blah, blah. Well, some of that stuff is super unfair because he's a developing post. But mm-hmm. also understand he was a developing big. And that it's the, the loss of him, the loss of a nationally ranked stud, is, is, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a brutal one. The loss of an, a, a recruit. Mm-hmm. A good recruit is a brutal one. The timing is brutal, the, right? Like the, the timing yeah. is brutal. But at the same time, what would like this is not a death blow because you have Dawson Garcia and Pearl Payne up front next year. What would be a horrible blow is if something doesn't happen positively in the spring transfer portal. And like we have to wait and see what Ben Johnson does there. Like mm-hmm. he got Peyton Willis the first year. This year, he got Talon Cooper, you know, and Luke, I wanted to touch on what you had just said about 
about how the uh, uh, the broadcasters and such talk about Talon Cooper. It's interesting to me mm-hmm. because honestly, I don't believe a lot of the broadcasters. I don't believe they're doing anything other than just trying to entertain. I think that's their sole job is to try and entertain. Uh, it's moved. I mean, yes. Do they have to do research? They sure do. But I don't think they do spot for research. I, I think a lot of them, they look at something quick, become familiar, familiar, and then they move on. I think their job is to try to entertain. And I don't think they do enough properties. How many times have we heard people talk about good Cooper is, you know, just because of the assist total. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And he's a hell of a passer. And he, for a while, he was the best shooter. But unfortunately, Kevin Willard just picked this team apart defensively, picking on him and Josh Old Joseph. And then they picked on Cooper and Payne in the second half with the ball screens. Like, that is, that's what's happening with the basketball team. And, and yeah, that when it comes down to what you were saying, that they don't talk about it enough, I think you're right. They don't talk about it enough, but I, they, I don't think they talk about it enough because they don't do enough research. And, it's hard when you're covering a basketball game as a writer, as a guy who's talking about a message board, as a broadcaster. It's tough to see all of that, too, when you have to do your job in terms of entertainment. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him that pass. Yeah. Except for Stephen Bardo. Stephen Bardo is the worst. <laughs> I, I, I'll just say this. You know, they often talk about, well, okay, it's youth, and there, there's, there's some truth to that. But, I mean, if you watch, if you watch three games, you can see the glaring issues um, and, yeah. and they're as clear as day to me. And I think that's the part that's frustrating. If you sniff a box score, you're going to think that you're going to think that Talon Cooper is great, but a box score can only tell you so much, right? Um, it's very hard to quantify defensive metrics, right? Um, and to do that, you, you have to look at box score after box score and watch opposing players and predict what the matchups are. You actually have to watch the games to see how are, how they're exploiting those matchups. Right. Um, yeah, in the end, yeah. in the end, you know, the, this team has been hampered by injury, of course. Um, youth uh, is part of it, but they're getting to play through it, and you can see some of the maturation from some of these guys. Um, you know, and then they they have stretches, Ryan, where they don't score, which is frustrating. They have defensive lapses. They have trouble with turnovers. They get killed on the offensive boards at times, and it's they. I, I said this to you as well. Like it just feels like they they can't find a game where they, where it just all clicks and comes together. And I think a large part of that is because you just can't replace the fact that they're just so deficient at guard. They are so deficient at guard. And I, we talked about it so much. I almost feel bad. Yeah. Like I almost feel bad talking about it too much. Yeah. But, that's they, fair. but, but, but they are. Um, and then, and then the youth mistakes, you know, I'm going to pull a burns on you right here. I'm going to be like, I was talking to JG today. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because I was. We recorded a show for Sunday this afternoon, right? And uh, I was talking to JG today. And uh, we're, I was. We, there was a point in the Penn State game. And, and I think me and Luke, I think me and you were actually texting about this. The game was, was even. And then there was the Jaden Henley forced pass to Josh Ola Joseph. And it wasn't a bad pass. But it was like Ola Joseph took a very, very difficult shot. Missed. Jaden Pickett goes the Jalen Pickett goes the other way, scores. Mm-hmm. Come back. Jalen Henley takes a pull-up jumper way too quick. Pickett goes the other way, scores. And it was just that those youth that youth those youth mistakes right there, compounded by what was going on on the other end, led to the run 
that led to the game just completely falling out of the hands of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And it's those youth mistakes that seemingly every single game lead to a run that leads to the Gophers being down and leads to the downfall. Now, it's not always youth, by the way, either. Like, there are some veterans that have oh yeah that have that have struggled at times as well. But when you're play, like the veterans also play a ton and they make mistakes. And I also I I gotta throw this out there too, like the veterans that are good defenders, they are being asked at times to try and help those young players, and those young players make mistakes. And sometimes it's frustrating for those older players when routinely you have to cover your job, help them, and then you get kind of like, you know, you're, you're kind of being holding yourself responsible for your teammates because you're kind of supposed to be their leaders, and then they make mistakes and you feel bad because, you know, they're making mistakes that, that you want to cover for, but you can't because it's almost physically impossible. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough ordeal for them all around yeah i mean here, here's a question i maybe asked you this or brought this up before on a recording but when you covered dawson garcia in high school did you ever think he would be the best defender on a division one basketball team i did not that was the <laughs> furthest thing from my mind in terms of dawson i never expected myself to say that but he is yeah now he did he did have troubles in the last game against Maryland. Yeah. But that was one game. But like it, it's also Ryan, it's also three games in five days. Like the, I mean yes. I I'm not I I know that sounds like an excuse, but do you know how many teams in college basketball play three games in five days? Like not many. Luke, we're probably like the people are probably gonna be listening to this. Um the people are probably gonna be listening to this. After the game is played at Nebraska. Yeah. But like Nebraska played Saturday afternoon, like last Saturday afternoon, right? Mm -hmm. Minnesota played against Penn State that night. They played against Illinois Monday. They played against Maryland on Wednesday. And then they'll play against Nebraska. Nebraska got finished. And then Minnesota played three games. Yes. Since Nebraska has played a game. So like it's that's that's a scheduling, not a quirk because you know obviously the Illinois game is made up, but that's an unfortunate part of the schedule. And here's here's a Nebraska team that has won four or five games, has lost two more players for the season. So that's three players they lost for the season plus Derek Walker missed part of the start of the year, and but but they're playing some of their best basketball team basketball of the season and now minnesota gets to go in there having played three games in it since nebraska finished their last game yeah yeah they're like i i know that people complain about the nba and the number of guys that end up sitting out um you know especially on back-to-backs and, and those sorts of things but there there is there is a component of wear and tear um and i know that they're you know for some people are like yeah but they're young and they're athletes and they're in great shape and whatnot and it's like yeah but at a certain point you're you know you're the your opponent's going to have an advantage physically um so i don't know well not to mention they're going to have an advantage mentally oh yeah like that too like this gopher team has been beat down Mm -hmm. And now, and they've been on the road forever. Mm -hmm. Like now I don't, I'm not totally sure 
that the Gophers didn't come home. Um, I'm not, I don't know that for a fact. I know that like Thursday night after their game at Maryland, they were supposed to check the weather and they were either going to go straight, you know, at some point they were going to drive, they were going to go straight to Lincoln if the weather was bad. I don't know if they did that, but mm-hmm. if they did, that means they left Sunday for Illinois and they've been on, they'll have been gone a full week, mm-hmm. you know, that's, and, like, that's and, like an and, NBA and, grind. <laughs> It is an NBA grind, but you know what? It's not as bad when it's uh, when you're winning games. Yeah, <laughs> when exactly. you're losing games, it's torture. Yeah. All right. Here, here's one other thing I, I wanted to, to talk to you about, Ryan. Especially, you know, you know, people are really frustrated with the losing streak, um, and uh, you know, I think you and I both are frustrated as well, and and, and whatnot. But um, one of the things that you hope is to be able to see progress. And, and I know that that can be really hard, especially when you don't you, you can't see it translate into wins. But, the, you know, some of these freshmen are doing some good things. And we've largely talked about the things that are a challenge. Um, one of the things that I, I, I know, ha- you know, both of both of us know, having played the game, not necessarily at the collegiate level, but being around the game as well, is that basketball is a really interesting game in that there it's so role focused. Right. And I think so many high school players making that transition to college have always been the star on their team. Now getting to a position where, you know, they're they're not necessarily going to be the star anymore and they have to take on a different role, a role they've never played before. I, I heard Jose Alvarado um, interviewed, you know, he's the point guard. Um, he went to Georgia Tech. He's now playing for the Pelicans. And, and he, he made an interesting comment, and I'll summarize, Ryan, but I, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts. He said... There are so many guys that could be playing in the NBA, but they're unwilling to embrace a role, right? And he said the same is true of college basketball, where there are so many guys who are good enough to play, but they're unwilling to embrace a role that, they, that they're just not used to or custom. And I'm curious to get your perspective on this gopher team, especially with some of these younger guys. You know, I, I've seen that they're somewhat some of them are starting to kind of embrace roles that they maybe never had in high school, where there are others that I don't think are. And I think that is part of why you're seeing some of these guys have some more individual success or kind of team success versus others. And I'm just curious to get your thoughts on that maturation for some of these younger players. You know, that's it. Yeah. Like, okay, so I'll start with Pharrell. Like, Pharrell Payne is the type of guy who, like, he'll do anything for his team to win. Like, that, that, then that's what makes Pharrell different that and his strength and just his work ethic. I think Pharrell fits into your, into your, what you're talking about. He will embrace a role. Pharrell Payne will embrace a role. He just wants to win. You know, I think Braden Carrington fits into that role as well i people aren't quite as familiar with it just simply because they haven't seen him play that much True. you know he's been in I, I don't know how many games he's missed this year but he's missed a lot mm-hmm. at least 10 you know and i don't think they've had a chance but like when he comes on the floor that's the guy like people wouldn't know this brayden carrington's averaging like four and a half rebounds a game well the other thing ryan is he has some of the best passes this season of anybody on the team i know you could argue that cooper does but a couple of the dishes he's made have like i i will go back again and again to the one the pass he made to dawson garcia at ohio state was phenomenal he had another one that was a pass that led to an assist by someone else like he's he's moved the ball well 
the the trouble is and i think defensively he's gotten better he still has some lapses but his trouble is he's not been able to hit shots and that's what people think of him but he does he's starting to do some of those smaller things that are going to add up into winning plays on a team that make me optimistic for him in the future yeah i mean he had a good late november run of a few games and it was a double figure high rebound game at some point that really was probably his best game of the season the last few games he's had he's made some plays each you know and, and they're varying type of plays they're not just oh he scored a few times or he did that no he's done he's done a few things here and there and he just needs to get healthy and build on some things and i think he can really play a nice role um joshua joseph is an interesting player josh of the four freshmen has played way better than i expected way better than anybody expected um like he just has a confidence and like a sheer physical, you know, willing to attack people that others just don't have. He has an irrational confidence, Ryan. Like, honestly, <laughs> yeah. he has an, yeah. he has a, to, for, for me, he has an irrational confidence. I think the only place in which I've seen him, um, and I'm, I'm being like really transparent and open here. The only place I've seen him willing to embrace a role is he's basically played a quasi four right and that's probably not yeah. what he wants to do but like otherwise he he defensively has been a liability he does not pass the ball he is a black hole void right um and and frankly he's someone that still needs to learn how to like how to play team basketball at the college level because he's going to be a good player but he's not I, maybe i'm completely wrong with this take he's never going to be option 1 like he, uh, I just don't see it. Well, he himself will disagree with you. I he, understand. He thinks, yeah, um, he does have to rebound better. I mean, you got to block, you got to box out Graffer board. Uh, he's got to stop turning the basketball over, but I do love his, uh, the confidence and the, the way he uses his physical abilities. He's put some moves on some veteran players to finish that really have jumped off the page. Yeah, for but sure. at the same time, He's also done some things that have led to runs the other way. He just has to, when he starts making less mistakes and becoming more consistent possession by possession, positive player. And when I say positive player, that means you leave a possession having made two good passes and a good screen and you went the other way and your team got a basket or a good shot. That There has to be more of that every possession. A good possession isn't just a finish from him. And this is not just him. This is everybody in the team. But like, a, a good possession is not just a finish from him. Correct. A good possession is also making the right passes, making a screen. Your team gets a good shot. You go the other way. Like that's that's the thing that has that comes with maturity. Um, and then you know we also talked about Jaden Henley. Jaden Henley started the season playing a lot of minutes. He wasn't ready for that. He shouldn't have been playing that. I don't care one bit what like his AU coach thought he should have been doing. Like this dude like was not ready for his- the minutes he played. Like the, the stats the support scene. that Ryan, like the, the, they completely support that he wasn't ready. Ryan, like just, just to summarize this right now. And even now after he's been playing, like he's actually been playing better. Like his, oh. his shooting numbers are horrific. Like his, his close to percentage is under 50%. His far two percentage is almost 25% from the free throw line. He's barely over 60% from three. He's 32%. That's probably his best attribute and that's not phenomenal. And then just on two points in general, he's, he's only at 34%. He takes 
he takes shots that should be counted as turnovers at times. It was much worse at the beginning of the season. It's gotten slightly better. He's at least willing to attack and go all the way to the rim. But like, frankly, he's, he's the one you can see the skill there, but he has to understand a role and he wasn't doing that, especially early. Well, early, I think he just, he wasn't ready and he played too many, many minutes. And then I, I mean, I guess we will say he got benched mid season, I mean, I wouldn't really call it benched. I think I'd call it more he played the minutes he should have been playing. And then as the season has gone on the last several games, I thought I thought I think he's been playing really good basketball. His last game, I really liked what he did. And the main thing that I saw at Maryland was a patience of attack. Exactly. Uh, like more like letting the defense work, let, let your offense work so there's more room to for you to attack and he attacked it. I saw him do that in the last game and you were starting to see that maturity of his game defensively starting to take better angles starting to not take as many chances now he's still got work to do i mean there are times around the backside it's standing and not getting out of position but at the same time he is improving where we are right now with what he's doing is probably the right fit the right a minute amount of minutes for him i you know, I think he's best playing like four minute stretches, taking a break, coming back in and playing four minute stretches. Cause I mean, I think he's really good, but then at times, like after a while, when he gets tired on defense, we start to see mistakes that hurt. Um, but I think the potential is there. And there's always one thing I come back to him with, like he's long, he's athletic. Mm-hmm. And when he gets core strength and he gets an understanding of where to be, he has a chance to be really good. I said he could be amongst the Minnesota Steel Steel leaders if he plays four years because of that length and because of that agility and the hunger to you know take a take a ball and go the other way. We saw it against Maryland in the first couple minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Like like he has that ability. It just the understanding has to come with it. Yeah, I, I I see that as well. I think I think in the end, like you know, there was some talk about you know him potentially playing point guard. I think what we've seen. Um, at least what I've seen here, I don't, I don't subscribe to that theory. No. His, his, his turnover rate is absolutely too high. Um, you know, it, his decision making has not proved consistently enough to be adequate. Um, but in the end, like I think he could be an absolute contributor if he can, if he can fit into the right role um, with within a team structure. Uh, it, the the frustrating thing is that I think it's you know it's taken about a year for him to kind of figure that out, right? And and I, I recognize that there was some frustration along the way, but hey, man, that's life. So that and like this is college basketball. Like it's okay. If you, if you're just starting to figure things out late in the year, like you're like, again, there are 62 freshmen in, in in the big 10, about 20 of them don't play period. Some because of red shirt, some Mm because they're not in the rotation. There's another, uh, let's say another 15 that might play a little bit, but really don't do much. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, there's a top 25. Like in terms of production, go the Gophers have four of the top twenty-two productive freshmen in the Big Ten. Like they are getting chances to play, chances to grow ahead of everybody else. Like that's a big positive. But the expectations, first of all, of these players, you have to understand what level of play this is and what you should be doing at this level mm-hmm. at this time. 
And the second one of the fans is you can't have irrational expectations of freshmen. Right. They need, you know, I mean, look at the look at the league. Like the best freshmen, what are they doing? How many of them are truly this late in the season playing at a high level? You know, Jed Howard, okay, yes and no. Like Jed Howard has an unlimited amount of like second chances, but he's also a really good player. Bryce Sensabaugh has faded. Braden Smith at Purdue has faded. Foster Lawyer playing very well. Um, Jaden Epps playing very well for Illinois. Jalen blah blah Shafino something or other from Indiana really stepping up. But we're talking like these are the top of the top guys. You know, after that, like Bruce Thornton is faded. Being a freshman in the Big Ten is flipping tough. And like we have to have normal expectations for them as fans. And these players have to have normal expectations. And oh, by the way, their parents, their coaches back home have to have rational expectations for this level of play. Yeah. I'm 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 totally with you. Like let's be honest, we I think you know, we probably had somewhat too high of expectations, but I don't think either of us saw the Gophers being outside the bottom four in the Big Ten, right? I don't think we saw it being as bad as it was, but I also don't think we saw the guard thing, the the guard situation being nearly as bad as the reality has shown. This wasn't going to be like a borderline bubble year. I, I don't think anybody rationally thought that, right? But I recognize that now two years in a row – you know, finishing last in the Big Ten is is frustrating, but frankly, I my, this is where I, I get people are really frustrated and with Ben Johnson and, and the whole nine yards. Um, it, let's just take the let's take the hypothetical that um, Craig Smith took this job, right? Do do you think Craig Smith would have been able to assemble a better roster last year than what Ben Johnson did last year? No, I mean, because Ryan, they, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't keeping all those players here. No, exactly. And, and, the, and the thing <clears throat> is, is like what he was maybe going to have two guys returning, you know, from last year's roster is, is it going to be a complete overhaul? And then the reality is, is like Ben filled it with largely, ex, you know, experienced guys and bought himself time to recruit and brought in a pretty decent recruiting class this last year. And they're young and they're taking their lumps this year, but he took some good transfers too. He's just, he's, he's effectively at this point swung and missed on guard too many times. If he deserves well, criticism, he's, he, that's, that's the criticism he deserves. Well, I mean, a lot of fans want, are upset that, a lot of fans are upset that they didn't take another guard this year, like a veteran guard. Well, that guard would have been Josiah Strong. It, that's that's who it would have been because he had interest in being here. They brought him in, and they just didn't feel it was the right fit. Well, go up and look. Just go look at what Josiah Strong's done for Colorado State. Like, Do you really think that would have made much of a difference this year? It wouldn't have. No. Um, it just wouldn't have. I mean, and, 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 and we have to be honest too, Ryan, I think we've talked about this before, is they've identified some good young guards. They just haven't landed them. That's been the problem. Exactly. Like Zig Ziglar is awesome. He's exactly what this team needs. They were in the final two for him. They didn't get him. And that's what sucks. Jaden Pierre. Yes. In the final two for him. Didn't get him. Trey Holloman in the final two for him. He didn't get him. And you know what? Like this isn't like a fantasy world. Like I can't go play for both. 
You don't, you know, you can't get his right arm to play for you. Like they missed, they missed. Yeah. And then to compound it, they like Talon Cooper, like just Talon Cooper. Sometimes I feel bad about it. Like, dude, like he was brought in to be the point guard and he can't do it. He can't ball press. He can't defend on one end and he can't run the offense on the other for the most part. But, you know, like full him. Now he was their best shooter of the year. No doubt. And he was. And he's good in those areas, very valuable in those areas. But on the flip side, put into and it's just not the job's not getting done. Level basketball situation. So Ben Johnson and his staff can say that didn't work. Like the lead guard is not now. You well, there's two steps. There's recruiting where you got to get yourself and it's the most important thing in career to get a point guard this spring that could play point guard for them next year. It is the most important thing. Don't say go pear shape. Pear is going to get squished in the juice. Like, it has to happen. Now, they also need a point guard for the future. That said, Johnson looks like he's done a really nice Kazuma with a decision for him coming up very soon. So, but at the end, Isaac, well, he doesn't show up for a long time. He doesn't show up on campus for another six months. They got to find somebody to bridge that gap. And it might be the most important thing that happens in the Ben Johnson head coaching era at Minnesota. And that's finding a point guard for this team for the next two seasons to be the starting point guard. Who is it? I don't know. But every single transfer point guard name that comes into the portal starting March 15th or whatever, they got to identify it. And if they're good enough, they got to attack that with every possible thing that can happen. Because if they don't get the guy to run the show for this team next year, they could be better. Probably not going to be what what this program needs to be for this program to truly move forward. And what sucks about the whole thing is that, like, I think this Ben Johnson has the right ideals, the right character mindset, the right recruit mindset, the right on the court, like teachings of what they're trying to do. I think they have that. But again, you, you can have that all you want. If you don't have the results on the court, it don't matter. They'll, it doesn't matter. So they need to find that point guard and they need to have a better year next year. Plain and simple. All right, Ryan, you, we, we got most of that. We we're in and out a little bit on the reception, um, but some of it in and out. So we'll let those that, that didn't hear it, you know, come up with their own ideas and tweet at you and whatnot. Um, but I couldn't agree with you more. They need to find a bridge point guard. They need to add, they need to add the point guard of the future. Um, the reality is that college basketball is more fluid than ever. Um, you know, a number of these guys, they could just decide like, Hey, this was a hard year. I got a free pass. I'm going to go take it. Um, much like Dennis Evans has done, I guess, technically getting out of his letter of intent, get still preserves his, uh, his one time transfer. Um, so he can still get home. He can still get home to California. If that, if he ends up not staying there now, 
Um, but ultimately, I mean, this is the reality is recruiting college basketball has always been recruiting your own guys first, but this is as true now more than ever. Um, really interested to see how this plays out. I do think Ben has recruited pretty well. I think we're overlooking, um, bets, um, and how good Christie could be as well. Um, bets again is really a, a, uh, I know he's technically on campus now, but he's really a 2023 guy, um, and he'll be a, he'll be a good player for them with you know all that experience he's been able to gather this year. It's going to be interesting to see what they do because this roster is going to look different. Um, I it would seem unlikely, you know, given what we what we have kind of heard and know about Jaden Henley that maybe he'd be around. I'm not going to ask you to speculate on that, um, but obviously Taurus Samuels moves on. Um, the, it, someone always transfers who would be someone else um it'll be interesting to see this roster is going to look different but there is there are a core of guys i mean that do do look very promising yeah i mean there is a good core there i mean you're looking at you know a pharrell Payne at starting center next year dawson garcia as starting power forward that can move over to the center you're looking at caden Betts and you know or josh ola joseph starting at the other forward spot you're looking at Braden Carrington or Cameron Christie playing the shooting guard spot. Like that's a nice group of players. You got Parker Fox and Isaiah Enan that come that come back and they work into those spots. Like that's a nice core of players for this team going forward. But as we know, we didn't mention one spot because we don't know what that spot's going to be. And that spot is going to be the most crucial spot or spots for the future. All right. Well, it was fun to chat, Ryan. Obviously not the circumstances that we wanted to chat under would have loved to have Dennis Evans come. Um, the reality is it's just, that's not going to be the case. I guess the crazier things could happen and he could end up here anyway. Um, but you know, maybe the, no. maybe there's somewhere, you know, that they just, he found that just has a better ant program. I don't know, man. Nah, I'll tell you what, if it's, if it's a place that's got a better ant program, it's Hank Pym's, ant-man program with all the money that they're going to be giving them to grow bigger ants because that dude's going to a high bidder plain and simple yeah well good for him i don't i don't i don't blame him for chasing money and and if and you know if the handlers and the people around him are you know part of that as well i mean good for you enjoy that that'll be fine yep all right. Well, that, anyway, fun to chat. Um, hopefully, we can get another victory before the season lapses, but no guarantees. Again, thanks everyone for listening and go Gophers. Heck yeah, go Gophers. I just arrived home in my. Dr- <laughs>